Those other podcasts sound like a broken record every episode. Rumor and innuendo is that the rumor and innuendo was started by the rumor and innuendo. We're always providing the freshest new content. Yeah, go ahead and chat me up. TME Studios, it's what you want. What's up, everybody? This is your galaxy's only hero, Sean Legacy, and you're listening to SWN Stowall Wrestling Network. Okay, let's do this fucking shit. What's up, everyone? It's me, Caleb Stowall, here with another edition of the Stowall Wrestling Network podcast. I am your host, as always, the one and only Caleb Stovall, and I hope that you are all doing great right off the bat. I hope that everyone is staying safe, staying healthy, Um, you know, all of this stuff. There's so much uncertainty going on uh, in the world right now. There's so much, you know, just confusion, uh, you know, uh, just everything going on in the world right now, all of this virus stuff, and uh, hopefully... Uh, for the next, you know, I, however long uh, or so that we can provide you with a little bit of entertainment here, uh, just like my favorite thing in the world, pro wrestling does uh, each and every uh, time. And speaking of providing you with entertainment, he comes with his own entertainment sticker. Let's bring him in. He is the man. He is Mr. TMB Studios himself, Chris M.F. Dickens. <laughs> Wow, my own entertainment sticker? What am I, a television <laughs> set now? Was I made by Sony or Samsung? What in the hell are you talking about? Uh, what, you know, it would have been a lot better if you like, he comes with his own pull string, just like the Pee Wee Herman dolls of old. <laughs> or, or you could put a, a Black Sabbath cassette in his back and he'll sound really cool. No, you had to put an entertainment sticker on me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> What well, you know, SWN fan nation, it's Chris Dickens. Yes, I, I don't know anything about no entertainment sticker, but I am quite entertaining. And we are here live on the SWN, the Stovall Wrestling Network. <laughs> Besides the sticker bit, how have you been? <laughs> uh, you know, I've been good, man. Trying to hang in there just like everyone else. And uh, if the audio sounds a little bit uh, different tonight, well, you know... <laughs> It's pretty much how everyone sounds these days on TV shows uh, and podcasts. Uh, you know, we are not in the room together. We are. I am at my apartment. He is at uh, his house. And um, that's just the way it works uh, right now. And, you know, it's funny. I was talking to someone about this, Chris, right? Uh-huh. You remember how, like, how, like you've been seeing Twitch and stuff like that, the rise of Twitch and all of these Facebook Live videos and stuff like that. Not talking about during the pandemic, but before that, right? Like yeah. How they were just getting popular, and I thought there's no way in hell TVs are going to actually, or like TV shows are going to ever have to resort to that or whatnot. And then what do you know? Every single TV show right now is like having to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. From from the Walking Dead, uh, Talking Dead episodes to to even when watching uh, Dark Side of the Ring, um, yes, the show they have afterward, you, you would never think of it, but this this pandemic that's taken hold of the world. In order to change the way we look at entertainment, 
we had to adapt. And, well, the use of Skype and Facebook Watch and uh, what's that other one? Uh, I can't remember. It. Zoom. Zoom. Everybody's using it. And when you look at the TV screen, you have those three boxes. And I'm sitting there looking at that going, God, I remember when that was just for podcast only on YouTube. Right? <laughs> like, it's, it, it's, it's an insane time right now. You know, it's just... Yeah, it's just the way things are right now. I mean, it really is. And uh, just just the fact that, you know, even with professional wrestling, um, the, the way that we're looking at things right now, the way we're watching Monday Night Raw, the way we are watching uh, AEW. Uh, it, it, and the funny thing is, is that Impact Wrestling had their shows taped way beforehand and everybody thought that, you know, that was a dumb idea. Well, guess what? Impact Wrestling has got <laughs> And they still have fans and everybody's going, how do they have fans on TV when there's a big pandemic? Because they filmed that shit three months ago and they still have it. So yes. it's crazy. Um, yeah. Even right now, uh, as we're recording, Monday Night Raw is live from the Performance Center with no fans. Yeah, it, it, it's it's such a weird feeling too. Like it's just it's it's like I'm watching it, and it's just like man, I just you know that's that's the thing that you miss the most. Whether or not you know, like it doesn't even matter if you're in a small space or a big space for an audience. You know, like it doesn't matter if you're in a performance size level with an audience, or if you're in like a gymnasium, or if you're in an arena. You know, it just, you miss that crowd reaction. You miss that crowd participation because that's what it's all about. You know, it's it's all about the live aspect of it. And, uh, you know, like wrestling has had to adapt to it. You know, sports, they just canceled completely. Um, They're not, you know, no one's doing anything. Uh, The UFC is actually secured their own private island uh, just to do fights there so that they wouldn't have any problems with anyone they well, leave run. it leave it the dana white to go up against shang sung and shao khan to defend our realm against the forces of outworld i appreciate <laughs> him very much wow you didn't just sound like the world's biggest nerd did you <laughs> no i saw that on facebook and i knew somehow some way i was going to implement that somewhere and i didn't expect to do it on here but by god thank you for the setup caleb stovall <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? That's what I'm here for, right? Well, I'm also here to talk about my favorite thing in the world. So let's not waste any time. Let's talk about the one thing that cannot die through anything. It is pro freaking Yes. And it's seriously, like, like uh, Chris Wiggins posted that. Shout out to Chris Wiggins. Uh... He posted on Facebook, like he was just like, the one thing that is clear after this pandemic is that rest is that nothing can destroy wrestling. Wrestling seems to be the only form of entertainment that goes on through anything. We could lit they could literally be a zombie apocalypse going on, like an actual zombie apocalypse, and they would still find a way to put on a wrestling match. <laughs> they would probably end up having the wrestlers wrestle against the zombies. They'd figure yeah. out how to cover their mouths and like, this would be great entertainment. 
We could have Roman Reigns spear the zombie's head off on national television. Oh God, no! Uh, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I could. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> right. <laughs> With baby oil. Oh man. <laughs> the pandemic. Yeah, I know, right? Well, well, let's get in though to talking about some pro wrestling because the biggest wrestling event uh, happened um, this past weekend or maybe it was like a week ago or so but wrestlemania too big for one night they had to do it two nights and uh i mean you could kind of see why because there's like over 30 matches on this damn thing <laughs> it felt like there were um, a- do what i said there were a lot of matches on this it was just ridiculous how many matches there were yeah, I mean, it was, but, you know, okay, look, the one thing I'll say about this um, that I think I can agree on with most people is that, look, you could debate whether or not WrestleMania should have gone on with no fans and should have gone on uh, in the stadium and everything like that, or should have been postponed, I should say. But I'm just going to go ahead and say it, man. I'm kind of glad that it was on because it provided me some entertainment that weekend. Um, I always love live wrestling no matter what it is. And it's WrestleMania, you know? I mean, does it was it weird? Yes, it was. Uh, just, you know, seeing the production value, seeing even the the huge WrestleMania uh, intro and everything like that, and then just, you know, performance center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like it's, it, and you know something, what's weird is, is I, I, I did this, right? I looked at the history of WrestleMania, you know, and I'm not talking like I went and watched every WrestleMania. I'm talking like, I just went and I saw, you know, the catalog of it on the WWE Network, and I went, good God, think about this. Ten years from now, when when we go and we look at this WrestleMania, you're gonna like like it's gonna be a reminder of how wow that was the weirdest time ever in the history of the world. Oh yeah, and and the funny thing about it is is that it, it's not gonna be just a reminder of how things were. Imagine having to describe this to the next generation of wrestling fans. Right. What happened here? Yeah. I mean, honestly, this changes the way WrestleMania is going to be for years to come. Number one, there were no fans. So right. it, it was, you know, a unique experience in and among itself to have deafening silence with the exception of the loud chops and hits and bangs from inside the match. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. we didn't hear them call anything. <laughs> and I'm so shocked by that. But I was saying, very shocked, too. But at the same time, I, I look at it like, well, they had time to do post production because they they you know they filmed this in advance. But it just it baffled me that nothing came off like that, and and the matches for what they were were actually really really good. Yeah, I I I I, I agree completely. I mean, you know, obviously there were some that shouldn't have gone on, some that should have been shortened, some of all that blah blah blah, you know, blase blase kind of, you know, bullshit, but. My thing was, though, is that, you know, you can't look at every one of those superstars and say, wow, that person didn't go out there and try to entertain us that night. Right. Like, and I think that that's grossly unfair to the talent. I mean, I mean, you can 
you can criticize creative or whatnot, but you cannot, to me, you just, you can't criticize the talent. The talent just does what they're supposed to do. Basically. It's just like any other job. If you don't do it, you don't work kind of thing. So, well, they gave them the option, you know, and uh, of course we all know the story of Roman Reigns and, you know, he sat out WrestleMania. Yeah. And, 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 and I'll say this real quick before you go on about Roman Reigns. You know, I, I know we, you know, give him a hard time on here and, and we love doing the Roman thing. But I, I will say this. All right. The man legit had cancer. Like, I mean, people can give all their theories all they want to. No, the man legit had cancer. So anyone who has gone through chemo in that instance knows that your immune system is shot to hell forever for that. Mm-hmm. So a person like him is very susceptible to this virus. And he's got he's got a family. We, you know, it's been documented. Like he's got a daughter. He's you know, he, he's doing all of this stuff. And, you know, he, he had to think about them. Is that really a, is that such a horrible thing? No, and it shouldn't be uh, considered a horrible thing. But no, it shouldn't be. But but you got all of those assholes out there that will put their two cents in on you know the internet and stuff like that. The IWC, uh, uh, the Internet Wrestling Cocksuckers. That's what I like to call them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, just I don't know. Just you know, people giving him shit for that. Come on, y'all. I, I would do the same thing. I respect him as a man. I might not like the way that he is used in WWE, the way that they try to force feed, you know, him and shit like that. But I do respect, I do respect the man, you know, like I expect, uh, what, what is his, what's his real name? Oh man. I don't remember his real name off the top oh, of my head. Man, I can't remember off, uh, off the top of my head, but I, I respect him and everything like that. So, you know, that's all I'm going to say on that. I don't blame Roman for doing that. And, you know, I don't blame a lot of people for not wanting to participate. But regardless, if you were there, you still gave 110%. So, so after all, you did what you were supposed to do. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, you know, even though it was a little bit of a force thing, a lot of those uh, superstars... They wanted to do it, not because they were told to do it, but because they felt like, you know, the world needed it. Well, yeah, and plus, like, it, it's just like, you know, a lot of the times a wrestler didn't give a shit if they're told to stay six feet away. They want to wrestle. You know, like, like, like they just want to go out there and perform. And, yeah, a lot of them probably did feel like the world needed it. I felt like the world needed it, you know, kind of thing. But, it, it, you know, it, it just goes to show you just how powerful uh, pro wrestling is. But let's get into it. Let's get in to WrestleMania. I'm not going to go over every single matchup because, to be quite honest, I didn't watch every single matchup. But I will say this. I, I, the intro, right? You had this cool little, like, Game of Thrones mythical intro kind of thing. You know, obviously being cheesy, but... You know, WrestleMania's always done that. It's always had a 
its own kind of special theme and everything like that. And of course, with the pi- the you know, it had the pirate uh, theme for uh, this one because you know it, it was going to be in Raymond James Stadium where they had the pirate ship. But now it's in the performance center. But we go and we open it up, and we open it up with you know the announcer saying hello and everything like that. And then when we hit send it to our host. Rob Y. Gronkowski. <laughs> like, oh, Lord. Um, I just, I don't understand the outfits of choice. And I really was already turned off by Gronk coming into WWE when he came down uh, the rampway for his first thing. And he, and he was like, you know, did an Irish drunk dance or something like that down, <laughs> down the down the uh, rampway, and I just didn't understand it, but he opens up the damn show, and I'm just like, oh my god. I already want to punch him right now. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. It, it was uh, it, it was an interesting way to open up, and then of course we go into the ladies' tag matchup and whatnot. That one was, you know, it was an okay match. But here's the one thing that I didn't understand, oh. right? And Asuka did this a lot, and she's still doing it a lot as I'm watching, you know, Raw and stuff like that. But I noticed she's still trying to act like there's a crowd there. Yeah, I've noticed that about a lot of them, too. Yes. Uh, they're still pandering to a crowd that doesn't exist. Like, it's like, stop it. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, like, a lot of them did that. Like, like, like a lot of them would... You know, yeah, like, like, like there was a crowd there, and it's just like, look, if you, you know, think of this as an empty arena matchup, because legit, it's an empty arena matchup. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but so I'm thinking, in in the empty arena matches that you've all, you know, seen throughout the years, you've never seen them play to the crowd like that. And the way, that, and if the way that they do, it's you know, they're kind of doing tongue in cheek to the camera. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it's like, like there's people at home watching. Pander to them. Oh, uh, okay. It doesn't come off looking exactly right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. That That's just, just some of the minor things that really bugged me. Uh, but my first, you know, I, I would say uh, one of my favorite matches of the night uh, happens which is uh, Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn. And, of course, you know, I-, I knew when I saw this, I was like, well, that's that's a match worthy any time. You know, like, you, you can make that match any time, and I'll love it. So, um, and you- it shows, you know, how much chemistry these guys have had throughout the years and stuff like that, how familiar they are with each other. Um, I love... First of all, I love Daniel Bryan and I love uh, Sami Zayn. Um, Sami Zayn, dude, to me, is one of the best promo guys in the business right now. Yeah, the guy can talk, um, you know, whenever you give him the opportunity. So I'm surprised they don't give him more opportunities to talk. I would love to just have Sami Zayn just be the promo guy for, (laughs) for anybody. Well, he kind of is right now for Nakamura, which I still, I still say is a crying damn shame the way that they're using Nakamura. I just I don't agree with it. 
you can't tell me that there's nothing you can't that you can't do with that guy. It's just, ugh, it, uh, yeah, I I don't like that part. But I did like uh, I do like Sami Zayn and I do like um, Daniel Bryan. So this matchup was great. Again, the the damn thing that I have the problem with. Why are we doing the yes chant when there's no damn crowd there? Is that yeah. supposed to be ha 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 or is that I if think, it's ha 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 to Daniel Bryan, then I get it. I think it's a ha ha ha. But at the same time it still just comes off pretty damn cheesy. I mean, it just ugh. I just I I didn't and especially didn't like the fact that it's uh, Mojo Raleigh and Gronk doing it again. I'm just like, oh my god, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. But um, that matchup was awesome, though. I mean, did you see the strikes that these guys did? Good God! Oh yeah, they were killing each other uh, out there. But you wouldn't have they wouldn't have it any other way, would they? No, that's just how it is. And the fact that, you know, this is a special time, you know, they get that opportunity to do just that. They get to be themselves. They get to do what's, you know, what they know how to do, and that's wrestle and entertain. Oh, exactly. And especially since they're so familiar with each other and everything, they were just like, you know, probably when they saw that this matchup was announced, they were going to be wrestling each other at WrestleMania. They were probably like, hey, man, we're wrestling each other at WrestleMania. Yeah, dude. What do you want to do? Hey, man, you know what we're going to do. We're just going to go out and have fun. All right, cool. <laughs> exactly. That's like how it is. Oh, yeah. That's exactly how it is. And uh, I love this matchup. I loved it. Now. Here was one of the matches that I did not understand why this took place. It was a good matchup. It turned out to be a great matchup, uh, which was which was John Morrison uh, and I, one of the Usos. I can't remember which one. I think it was Jay Uso, or was it Jimmy? I think it was Jimmy. It might have been him. But and then Kofi Kingston, and it was a triple threat ladder matchup. For the tag team championships. Someone's got to explain that to me. Okay. I don't know where they came to the decision that they wanted to keep it this way. But the only thing I know is, uh, according to the dirt sheets, that The Miz showed up uh, to work WrestleMania. And this ties into the Roman Reigns thing. And he was really, really sick. And... They didn't let him uh, perform that day, uh, so they changed the matchup to be um, a one-on-one-on-one, like a three-way singles for the tag titles. And then because of The Miz being sick, was the, was the nail in the coffin for Roman Reigns to make his decision to go home. Well, I, and, and I did hear that about The Miz, but still it's like a triple threat, but... Like to me, then it's not a tag team matchup. Like it's no. just like, wait, really? So Morrison just won the belts by himself, basically. <laughs> um, still, though, amazing athletic matchup. I mean, I mean, I knew getting these guys with ladders or bleh, ladders uh, would be amazing, but still, it's just to me. I'm sitting there going, 
this just doesn't make any fucking sense <laughs> to me. Uh, but uh, it was still a good matchup, and I and I give and I give them uh, applause uh, for the effort. Again, I just I just thought it was weird um, that the tag belts are you know basically in a singles competition. I mean, it's a triple threat match, but you know it's a singles competitors. So, but hey, uh, it was still very entertaining. So, so I got to give them uh, that one. And, and as we watched that matchup. I didn't mean to cut you off, but as we watched that matchup. Uh, you you could actually see that there was a fan in the building <laughs> up in the ceiling, and it was a thing that everybody was talking about on Twitter during that match was that there was a fan up in the ceiling of the performance center, and they were just talking about that nonstop. They're blowing up Twitter. That was actually trending. Oh, uh, that 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 they saw like the fans up top. They, they saw the fans up top. Like, look, there are fans in the building. And the fans yeah. are weird. They're weird design because they come out and then they go up in a point, like almost like an L shape. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I saw that. But I mean, you know, if it's a performance center, so I would think you want to keep the athletes hydrated and not overheat yeah. them. How do you hydrate people with a fan, Stovall? I think Shut you need up. to keep cool. <laughs> You know what? Let's move on uh, to the next thing that we're going to talk about that was also a botch, uh, Goldberg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. Oh, uh, Goldberg versus Braun Strowman. Rawr. Um, yeah. Is there anything, anything else I need to say about this? <laughs> Not really. It took three spears that uh, Strowman kept getting up from, and then he went and hit his finisher four times on Goldberg, and that was the match. <laughs> oh, God. Um, even with no crowd, Goldberg still can't have a match. <laughs> no. Even, even if it was just Goldberg by himself in the shower, he couldn't have a match. It's just give it up already. Uh, you had your run, you had your thing, and just why do we keep bringing him back? What's the point? Uh, well, I don't know. Um, I've 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 tried to ask myself that, and plus, I'm I love the fact that Vince McMahon is so keen on pushing a guy that was not his creation. Yeah, I know. It's just it's weird. It's almost like he's. He's still burying, you know, the WCW legacy by pushing and then destroying. I don't know. I mean, I, it just, it's, it's ridiculous. But I will say this. I am very happy that Braun Strowman is finally a world champion in, w, in WWE. Because to me, I'm just like, I don't understand why this guy hasn't been champion for a while. Because he's he's actually there, he can cut a promo with no manager. He can cut a promo. He legit. That's the thing about Braun Strowman, man. Is Braun Strowman legit sounds like a monster? And there's no voice, you know, tone or anything. There's there's none of that. There's no special effects to his voice. It's just that's his voice, and he can make himself sound literally like the real Godzilla or something like that, 
And to me, it's like I just I haven't I haven't understood why they haven't put the belt on him sooner. Yeah, so. this should have, this should have been a long time coming. All honesty, and they I'm glad it finally happened. I hate the circumstances that it went under because this wasn't supposed to be Braun Strowman's moment. This was Roman Reigns' time, apparently. But when Roman dropped out, it became Braun's time. Yeah, and 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 it didn't make sense the way that they did it because you know the go home edition of SmackDown they still promoted uh, Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. <laughs> Yeah, they did. And it, and it confused the internet um, a lot because, you know, it, like everyone was just like, well, wait a minute. We, we literally saw him post a video today. Like he posted the video that day and then they ran the episode of SmackDown and it's just like, well, <laughs> cat's out of the bag now. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, it was... Uh, it was interesting, uh, but like I said, I, I'm I'm glad Strowman is finally a champion. I just hate that there was no build for him, and there could have been a, literally a monstrous build for him. But it is what it is, you know. And um, you know he's the champ, so we're gonna see what they're gonna do with that, uh, you know, in the coming weeks and, and whatnot. And then, uh, of course. Uh, let's talk about one of my other favorite matches of the night before I get to the big one, of course. But uh, the one that I knew was going to be a great match, which was Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. And and you knew, Chris, you knew just like Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan, you knew that when you saw that match, you were just like, well, my eyes are glued to this. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it was everything that I anticipated and more with them. Uh, and the fact that they've got that history together just adds to the, you know, the creative spark that this matchup was able to, you know, bring out. It's one of the top matches of the night. I'm just going to say it like that. It's one of the top matches of the night. It's actually one of the top matches of the year so far, in my personal opinion. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, and, and they really did. They, they delivered. And I knew that they would like because I've seen their battles in ROH and they were amazing. Uh, I've, you know, they fought each other all around the independence and stuff like that. So you knew this matchup, just like Zane and um, uh, Brian, that that it was just it was just going to be good. I will say this, like, I don't understand why we had to have two finishes to it. I just like I was just like, why didn't we just make this a no disqualification match to begin with? Like, yeah, it's I don't know. Maybe they had to, you know, build that up to give a little more um, oomph behind it. But I guess the only thing I hated was when they hit each other with the bell. That was a freaking sound effect. (laughs) Yeah. Got a, uh, a damn sound effect. I'm sitting there watching. I hear ding. I'm like, wait a minute. Ding. Oh. I'm like, I did that in AWF. These <laughs> <laughs> like, fuckers are pulling AWF stunts. <laughs> my mother's like, what do you mean? I'm like, adding sound effects. 
to make it seem more impactful. I did that. <laughs> yeah, I, I did notice that. I was just like, I was just like, that bell was way too clean sounding. Like that was just way too loud sounding. Like, yeah, if he to hit if for him to have made that sound like actually he'd have had to hit the shit out of him. But he didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do remember that. But then of course. Uh, the big, huge bump from Kevin Owens off the top of, uh, I guess, the little Raw sign that they have behind the... Well, not the Raw sign, but the uh, WrestleMania right. sign behind the announcers. Crazy. Do what? That, little, that was a little crazy. I, I did not expect that from Kevin Owens. Yeah, especially in an in, uh, in, uh, empty arena match. <laughs> uh, especially in an empty arena match. You would think he would that for a live crowd but he's like you know what all out balls to the wall yeah screw it just <laughs> my dog bills later yeah i know right uh but amazing matchup between the two um seth rollins man is he just not one of the best in the business today currently right now he stands as one of the best in the business and, and so so is kevin owens to be quite honest i agree wholeheartedly uh, both men uh, have stepped their game up tremendously in the past couple of months, and it has been a very entertaining watch whenever they're on the screen. I can't say that about everybody, but you know, <laughs> those two, um, when they get in there, they entertain, and I, I can't say I haven't been more entertained than I was watching this matchup at WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I, I've really liked the whole Messiah stuff. Um, I've liked that storyline. I've liked what they did with, I like what they attempted to do with, uh, Owens and Joe. Uh, unfortunately, Joe just is snake bitten right now with injuries. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's just that that's just the way it is. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, I was really impressed with this matchup. I loved it. Um, I knew that one was going to be uh, great. So yeah. Um, I, I loved it. Uh, I love this matchup. And then, of course, well, probably one of the best things I've ever seen in my life uh, for night one of WrestleMania, the Boneyard match between one of my favorites. Well, actually, just two of my favorites of all time. Two of my favorites, Chris, are in this matchup. The Undertaker and the phenomenal AJ Styles. Oh, man. And it was it was incredible. I don't know what I was expecting for this. Um, I kind of expected it to be um, cinematic, you know. I, I like like I, I kind of figured that from the start. I was like, okay, this is probably going to be cinematic. Um, but I did not think that it was going to be cinematic to the point where Undertaker was riding in to the sound of Metallica. On his motorcycle, like on his motorcycle, was that not the most badass thing you've ever seen? <laughs> that was great, and I love the fact that they were able to do that. And it almost seemed like they brought back multiple variations of Taker uh, strictly for this matchup. It it was just an incredible thing. Well, um, you, you know, a lot of people are saying. Right, that like it, it's the American badass taker and or whatnot, or 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 you know biker taker or whatnot. To me, to me, 
it wasn't like he was even trying to be the Undertaker. It's just like, no, this is just Mark Calloway. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is that they actually let him be himself, and they let AJ be himself, and it came off so amazing. The, the promos before this matchup were top notch, top of the line. Oh, of they course, they broke the fourth wall consistently. They broke kayfabe consistently. And I even love the fact that one person uh, was actually tweeting Chris Jericho um, because <laughs> the Undertaker used uh, his catchphrase. Yeah, he called uh, Gallows and Andersons. Yeah, why don't you bring those two ass clowns like that? As someone, yeah. you know, uh, uh, tweeted to Jericho, well, I guess the Undertaker has a lawsuit coming. And Jericho even was just like, Bro, it's the Undertaker. He can say whatever he wants, whatever he wants. <laughs> use whatever he wants. But then Taker, you know, this is how much respect he has for Jericho. He was just like, oh, sorry, Jericho. I thought that's where I heard it. <laughs> great. It's, it's actually great. But I, the thing is, is that one of the things that did bug me about this matchup, and a lot of people um, made this comparison, uh, was that this was cinematic and, and filmed almost in a style uh, similar to, you know, the ultimate deletion. And they had just recently released Matt Hardy um, because they couldn't come to the terms of, you know, letting him have that creativity. And then they do this, and it's just like, it's almost like um, a slap to the face, so to speak. Yeah, and, and, and I can see how people can, you know, take it that way. Hey, man, I don't give a shit about that. I'll just be honest. You know, okay, cool. I, I guess that's a slap to the face. Let me put it this way, right? If you just put on that badass matchup and all of that just to get back at Hardy, then just stop what you're doing now and just, like, go get a life. Because that, that, to me, is the most ridiculous thing. And I'm not saying that, that, that he didn't. You know, I, I'm not saying that, 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 that they didn't necessarily. But, I, I mean, I think people can read too much uh, into that. But I want to point something out that no one ever points out. And we're going to get into these uh, cinematic uh, matches discussion uh, really hardcore, I guess, here uh, in a few. But... One of the things that I always want to bring the point of when it comes to these things is, yes, everyone says the final deletion or, you know, the uh, delete decay and, um, you know, all of that other stuff that Matt Hardy did. And, yes, he is given a lot of credit for that. But cinematic matches and cinematic style wrestling was introduced by Lucha Underground. Yes. And no one says that. No one gives Lucha Underground the credit because I'm just like, wait a minute now. That was when cinematic style wrestling started because they shot theirs literally like a TV show. They changed the formula completely of wrestling. Yeah, and that, that, that's very much true. Yeah, there would and have been no cinematic style if it wasn't for Lucha Underground. Now, Matt Hardy 
had a bigger platform in order to expose it, you know, because Lucha Underground, a lot of people don't talk about it because, well, they've never seen it. They don't know where to pick it up. And, of course, it's no longer in existence right now. But, um, you know, Matt Hardy kind of took the idea from that and then, you know, he rolled with it in TNA uh, and everything like that. But, you know, okay, you know, obviously it was taken from that cinematic part of Matt Hardy. Okay, cool. It still does not change the fact that it was fucking awesome. No, wholeheartedly agree. That matchup in and among itself, I don't think anybody, any other individuals could have put that match on and had it as good as Taker and AJ did. Yeah, and, and I mean, dude, and I, I, I'm sitting there going, man, Taker might be one of the greatest actors as well. Because did he not play that, like, like, like did you not see, like, a, like an old-style Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger moment with him, like, with all of that, like, it just was so good, man. Taker yeah. is truly one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, Taker, man. I, I don't know what to say. It, it, Taker's just like you know, like Chris Jericho. Somehow, some way, he comes back and finds a way to make himself relevant again, and, yeah. and to you know become something greater than what he was already. Yeah. Right and keep here. going really at, even at the same level that they kept going. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. Yeah, it, it, it was, um, like I said. And then, dude, I got to get, I mean, you got to give your hat to, to AJ Styles. Because I don't think anyone realized how good AJ was until they saw him in this realm. Because, it, you know, it was completely different from AJ. You'd never seen him do anything like that. You'd never seen him even do that kind of stuff with the Bullet Club, you know, when he was there. Um, you never saw him do it in TNA. You never saw him experience that kind of stuff. And, man, did he not, did he not deliver on this? I think he actually over-delivered on it. Be honest. Yeah, yeah he, he really did. And you know something? I bet you... Everything that he's done throughout his career, right now, he's just like the greatest compliment I've ever probably gotten was the one that Undertaker gave him uh, oh, after yeah. this matchup. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, just look at what they did in this match. They put on an incredible match. This thing was filmed over eight hours. Mm -hmm. It was a lot that was built to, to make this happen, and they – they made something that the world was talking about. Not just a couple of wrestling fans on a forum, not just a couple of people on social media, the world. The yeah. world was talking about this matchup. They didn't care it was cinematic. They didn't care it was filmed in advance. They didn't care it was filmed in movie style. It was everything that a wrestling match is supposed to be. It had a story. It had its ups. It had its downs. It had its great moments. It had its big moves, and it had its awesome finish. It was everything that we were looking for and more. 
Yeah, it, it just from from the sequences shot and everything like that. And plus, like, you know, Undertaker, uh, you know, said it. He was just like, I, you know, I said or he appreciated the fact that Styles did not phone it in or anything like like he went at it full blown, you know, just like if it was at WrestleMania kind of thing. And um, Undertaker also said said this. He goes, he goes, that kid right there can go out and could you could literally hand him a broom handle and he could have a five star match with it. Oh yeah, he's AJ Styles, and a lot of us have known that for many many years now, from the days back at Anarchy when he was wrestling to TNA, uh, mm-hmm. even going back to uh, you know World Wrestling All Stars. Jeez, I just went back pretty damn far. Wow, that and is even far. It was with Air Raid. <laughs> I went right back there. Yeah, um, damn, that's really far. <laughs> but well, going back to the Anarchy days, that was definitely very, very far. But <laughs> the guy, you know, he he oozed talent. It, it was there. He had it. It just needed to be tapped. It needed to be molded. It needed to be, you know, corralled. And it took. A, a few years for it to happen and the right people for him to come in contact with for the AJ Styles persona and in-ring uh, abilities to come full circle. We already knew he had the skill sets. We already knew he had you know everything that a great talent has. This is just like they built the damn cake. This was the icing on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much the best way uh, to describe it. You know, I was listening to something uh, with Eric Bischoff on his podcast, 83 Weeks, and um, they recapped WrestleMania, right? And um, he was talking about AJ Styles, and he said that in TNA, he said, you know, one of the things that me and Hulk noticed about him was the fact that he had such a narrow, microscopic lens of his character you know like 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 he just he had this one dimension to his character and we looked at it and so did bruce pritchard bruce pritchard even saw this right he was like he was like eh, you know like i see it but i don't because he's just too narrow there's nothing to him and then you know bruce pritchard has told the story of like of like one day he cut a promo on him and he went, if I can get that guy on camera, then I've got something. And finally, just it took years to do it. But finally, that guy came out and that guy came out at WrestleMania. And oh, he's, yeah. had, he's had he's had WrestleMania uh, matches ever since he's been here at, uh, at the company. You know, his first Jericho. Uh, his second was Shane McMahon. You know, people might go, well, how, how, you know, why is that big of a deal? Uh, you're only taking on the son's boss at WrestleMania, you know, just, oh, oh, and did it not mention that it was in Orlando that he fought him? <laughs> like, yeah. Right outside of Universal Studios um, was, you know, was WrestleMania. And so, uh, yeah, um, he had that one, and then Nakamura, of course, and then um, who else did he have at? Or is that it at WrestleMania so far? I think, I think that's it at WrestleMania so far. 
but he's just had these amazing matches. But not only has he had amazing matches, he's really brought himself out. Like he's really, he's really understood. Now there's these different layers to my character that I can be, you know? And that was what Hulk and Eric were always trying to get uh, through to him. Um, Eric even said that the idea of him trying to be Ric Flair and stuff like that, yes, that was stupid. But what he appreciated that AJ did was it forced him to look at how, okay, how can I, you know, add this dimension to my character? Right. And to me, to me, you really saw the ultimate. I just love the, 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 the little things that they did in this matchup, too. Like, I loved it when, you know, Taker finally, you know, is, is beating the hell out of AJ. And he's like, and, and, and AJ's like, don't bury me. Don't bury me, sir. Don't bury me. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, this is so good. Like, because if there's nothing, because if you're not saying anything, then it's like, then I can't get into it, you know, kind of thing. But right. they realized the surroundings that they were in, and it was just, oh, my God, it was good. And I loved AJ's uh, entrance, right? It looked like it was going to be Undertaker, and then he pops out, and he's like, ha-ha! Like, did you ever think, right? Because me and, me and my friend Blake, we, we, we were huge TNA marks. Um, I lo- I've always loved TNA. I loved it up until, you know, Hogan kind of came in and everything and the six-sided ring got destroyed. But that's a different podcast for another time. But, right. Uh, <laughs> um, but I always loved AJ Styles. And I always said, man, I-, I would love to see him get his just due and everything like that. Well, to me at WrestleMania, I'm like, you just headline one night of WrestleMania with The Undertaker. It doesn't get any better than that. No, it doesn't. And literally, did you ever think, Chris, that you would ever see something like that? AJ Styles facing The Undertaker? No, I never did. I never thought in a billion years that I would see AJ. I had a rock moment. Give me a minute. Uh, <laughs> this show is brought to you by The Big Big Show now on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I never thought in a million years that I would see The Undertaker versus AJ Styles. I figured it may happen. It was like one of those things like Sting versus Undertaker. You you have a feeling that they had it in the back of their minds, but they're not going to give it to us because they know what's best for business and that we don't. Um, just kind of like what they did with AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. That was a, a one-time fluke deal that you know they would never give us to begin with. But because they had such a, you know, at that point they had an outbreak in the locker room. Um, so yeah. we ended up getting Finn Balor versus AJ Styles. Now we have a worldwide pandemic. We get AJ Styles versus The Undertaker. Not just in a wrestling match, but in a cinematic version of a wrestling match that was even better than what it would have been live at WrestleMania. Now, that's not to say, though, had this been in front of a live crowd, that it wouldn't have been one of the greatest matches of all time at WrestleMania. Oh, no, not necessarily saying any of that. I'm just saying that I think the the circumstances surrounding uh, this year's WrestleMania allowed this matchup to be beyond what it normally could have been. Yeah, I I, I agree completely. It, I it loved... took it from being a memorable historical match to one that has now got legendary status written all over it. 
Yeah, it, it really does. And a lot of people were talking, and, and I definitely feel this way, that let's just say, you know, this could be Undertaker's last hurrah. Like, this could actually be his last matchup or something like that. To me, it's the perfect way to go out. Like, like, fine, I don't have to do anything, and I put over another guy. And he did put over another guy, even though he literally buried him. But, <laughs> but he did. I mean, AJ Styles is a made man right now. Oh yeah. If he wasn't made already, he's you know he's been made you know ten more times basically by this kind of thing. Um, just, I encourage everyone if you have not watched WrestleMania. Uh, or anything like that, or or you want to go back and and you want to look at the good moments, you need to watch Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens, and then of course the uh, the Boneyard match between the phenomenal AJ Styles and the Undertaker. It was incredible. Loved every minute of those. And you know, I did like the Triple Threat match. I just didn't think that it made sense. At the same time, but uh, yeah, those were some of the good things of part one of WrestleMania. That was the first night of WrestleMania, and when we return, we will talk about part two. That's right, night two of WrestleMania. Don't go anywhere. It's the Stovall Wrestling Network podcast. I'm begging you, don't pull that trigger. Don't ever tell the Marines to pull that trigger! Hey, I'm Survivor Payne, Bill Blanchard, and as United States Marines, we always love to shoot! And we're going to do it right here on the Wrestling Shootout. We are going to shoot on all things professional wrestling. I will have every single guest that comes to my show. We're going to shoot now if it's WWE, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't care if it's the IWE, Ohio Pro, or even UCW. Is UCW still around? Well, we're going to get into that too. Whether they come back or don't come back, or even where the hell we're going to shoot on WECCW. Wait, I know they're not there. But anyways, it's a brand new season of the Wrestling Shootout. Anytime comes to my damn show, lock on and let's lock up. Let's get ready to shoot, baby. I ain't holding back. And you never told Marine. You are currently listening to SWN, the Stoball Wrestling Network, on TMB Studios. Welcome back to the Stoball Wrestling Network podcast right here on TMB Studios. And remember, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Radio, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Uh, But we were talking about part one of WrestleMania, and uh, now it's time to talk about part two, night two of WrestleMania. And uh, I remember seeing this, Chris, and I was just like, well, I rather enjoyed uh, the first night. So I was actually kind of, you know, looking forward to this uh, night two of WrestleMania more so than I did night one and everything. And night one just turned out to be uh, pretty good for, you know, what it was supposed to be and everything like that, especially the Boneyard match uh, and whatnot. And uh, then, of course, we go on to part two of wrestlemania and before we get to part two there was one thing that we forgot to mention that happened uh in part one of uh of wrestlemania (laughs) which was our truth 
uh, R-Truth as the European Hardcore 24-7 Champion. That's what he calls it. Or he doesn't call it the 24-7 Championship. He calls it everything else but that. Um, Chris, is R-Truth not one of the most entertaining friggin' people on the planet right now? That guy, oh my god. I've been watching his TikToks. <laughs> R-Truth <laughs> is just, I mean, R-Truth is what he's always been. He's a great guy, entertaining guy, and he does whatever he can to make the crowd laugh and enjoy, you know, what he brings to the table. Him, yes. him, singing, him singing the All in the Family theme was <laughs> <is> just <laughs> And the Golden Girls, the Golden Girls song was uh, my favorite one. Oh my God, that was uh, that was priceless. Uh, I, I I do remember that. And you know, he's got a hit single out right now. It's called yeah, it's called Set It Off. Like, and it's not him under our truth. It's him under Ron the Truth Killings. And um, yeah, it's called "Set It Off," and uh, like, like he's just a straight gangster in that in that um, in that video. Like, I'm just like, yep, that that's the rapper right there. That's K Quick right there. <laughs> like, anyone remember K Quick? <laughs> oh God! Uh, I just the the only thing I remember about K Quick, right? Was that his debut was literally he rapped a song with Road Dog. <laughs> like, like I think I think it, it's it's pretty much known, but I like want to hear Road Dog admit this. Like I think he listen like he obviously listens to country. That's probably his favorite, but his second favorite has got to be like rap. Like he must love rap because that's like a lot how his promos are done and stuff like that. So, uh, but anyways, I love our truth. And of course they had to take the title off of him and give it to Mojo Raleigh and everything like that. So, uh, yeah. And we'll get to that in uh, night two here coming up. But again, our truth, man, you see our truth to me, if they would let him be, he is like Kurt angle to me. Where in the sense of not technical or anything, although he's a damn good wrestler, let, let's be honest, he had some amazing matches in TNA. Um, but my thing with our truth is that if they would let him, he could go from completely, you know, tripping over a banana peel type comedy guy to legit being a legit badass, which is what Kurt Angle can do. Yeah. And, I don't know why they won't let him do that. That might be, uh, you know, Ron's choice himself. It might. He has so much going on now on his plate that maybe he just enjoys doing uh, the the goofy stuff. Maybe he does. You know, I I don't know. But I was just saying, like, if if they would let him be, you know, he could be one of those guys that can legit go from, you know, Jericho was the exact same way. Jericho can be, you know, a straight chicken shit, you know, chi- uh, tripping on a banana peel heel and everything like that to them being a legit badass. You know, Jericho can do that. And Kurt Angle can do that. Uh, Dolph Ziggler can do that. You know, uh, th- th- there's just and, and there's only certain people that can do it. 
but our truth is definitely one of them and and i just had to sing his praises there for a minute because that, that that was pretty entertaining uh even though you know it was done with gronk and uh mojo raleigh but that's neither here nor there but we go to night two right and uh we go and we have the incredible opening again which i thought was i was like i was like why are we having this opening again <laughs> couldn't we have shortened it down they you love- know this like like mr production man like 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 wouldn't you have shortened it down for the oh, second yeah. night i would have shortened it uh at least for the benefit of the fact that it's already been seen but <laughs> I'm in charge of WWE, unfortunately. Well, I think it's I right. I think it's um, you know, it, it was a completely different one. Like like they were two different ones, but still I was just like, why'd they have to be so long? <laughs> like like good God. But anyways, it is what it is. It was still really good. WWE is the king of intro videos. I I will say that. Um, they just, they always do such a good job with that. And, uh, this was no exception. And then of course we go to our first matchup, which was, uh, James Caleb kitchens. If you're listening, uh, was his favorite matchup of the night (laughs) because it was do what? Why am I not surprised? Uh, yeah, well it was re Ripley versus Charlotte flair and, um, Charlotte Flair defeats Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship. Oh, no, wait. It's the NXT Championship because we can't say Women's Championship, apparently. I don't, I don't get that, but whatever. Um, but, I, yeah, I said it was James's favorite because the minute Charlotte won, he was like, well, I'm done. Which I mean, you know, I I, I can see uh, his point of view, and I can see everyone else's point of view. But you gotta hand it to Charlotte, man. I mean, yes, I understand her name; she gets a huge push and all that. I get that. But dude, is she not athletic as hell? Is she not put on a damn good match? Okay, here's the thing, and I watched this match, you know, front to back. Um, these girls. I don't care if it's Charlotte Flair, Charlotte Austin, Charlotte Rhodes, whatever you want to call her. If she carries <laughs> the name of a legacy wrestler, or if she carries the name of the guy standing on the corner who said, hey, I'll let my daughter wrestle if you give me a hot dog. Um, <laughs> point that, Charlotte got in there and put on a damn good match. And Rhea Ripley, to her credit as well, Went right along and put on a damn good match with Charlotte. Yeah, that is very difficult to do, especially considering, you know, like again, we were under the circumstances of this pandemic, and both these girls, both of them, I don't give a damn who you are. If you're James Caleb Kitchens, if you're uh, fucking Vince McMahon, you're Tony Khan, you're Chris Dickens for that matter. Uh, this matchup, and in amongst itself, these girls. Excuse me, these women, let me get that right, these women put on a hell of a match. And they beat the ungodly hell out of each other. Yeah. Like, literally, there was more potatoes thrown, more stiff hits, 
and more receipts than at a Walmart inside of uh, the uh, customer service counter than I've ever seen in a minute. <laughs> yeah, a very interesting analogy there. <laughs> I mean, for real, though. Yeah, this it, it, was, it was. Intense, very brutal, very much strong styled type of badge. Yeah, it was. And, and again, um, you know, you can say what you want to about Charlotte, and I get it. But at the same time, she has always, to me, delivered good quality matches. She just always has. She's been a natural in the ring. Um, she, she's a natural heel and everything like that. She's, she's just a natural. She's just like her father. She, he, you know, they're naturals. When it yeah. comes to this stuff, they don't have to think you, you don't have to give them much direction. Just, you know, they get it. And Charlotte, to me, I, you know, I, I just I have to give her credit. I'm, I'm sorry, you know, James, and I love you, man. And uh, I'm glad that we're doing the, the series and everything like that. But got to go against you on that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, I, 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 I did like this matchup. Now, I did find it interesting, though, that Charlotte went over and she is now the new NXT uh, champion or NXT women's champion. And uh, now she's basically going to be on NXT. Hmm. I wonder why. Oh, well, I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with the championship. <laughs> 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 right uh so i did that'd be interesting to see where that goes um and everything like that and um and uh, obviously i think we know the reason why wink wink but i will also throw this theory out as well <laughs> um <laughs> but um i will say this about it that I also think it's it's an attempt to raise that division up in NXT as well, the women's division I'm talking about, because the women's division in NXT or in NXT has not really been the same since you know Oscar left. Right. But, you know. Well, let's, thing. let's look at it like this, okay? Uh, when NXT was really really big, you had Sasha Banks, Bailey, yep. Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch. All in the title picture. They were all there. The, the the four horsewomen, so to speak, of NXT. Yes. This all went up to the main roster, and then well, you, you also uh, had you also had Alexa Bliss. Yeah, but then you had everybody go up to the main roster, and then you had Shanna Baszler, Oscar, all these others that came in. Oscar was very dominant, very popular. Then she went, and then Shanna Baszler took over, and then Rhea Ripley took over after Shanna Baszler went. Um, it's a constant cycle of uh, recycling talent, but now that NXT is its own, uh, is actually considered its own brand and the roster there is considered its own roster. It's no longer like a developmental. It is at, it is a full blown brand of WWE. Now let's look at it like that. It's on USA. They've been doing battles with, uh, raw and SmackDown. They're considered top uh, contenders now, wherever they go. So this is the top. This is this is the top brand of WWE right now. This is the bread and butter winner. So 
What better way to bring more attention to your product than to bring somebody who excelled in that environment and and have her be able to make new talent and to develop bigger names? It just makes sense in a, in a business standpoint, if you look at it for that matter. And the fact that, that you know, her and Rhea Ripley had this incredible matchup. I don't care what, um, you know, James Kitchen says. Uh, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. I have toilet paper. You don't. Um, <laughs> oh. What? <laughs> hey, we're in a pandemic. I have toilet paper. I don't know what he has. Um, probably <laughs> elephant leaves from his backyard. <laughs> Everybody uh, has an opinion on a wrestling matchup. Okay? I know. He doesn't like Charlotte Flair. He thinks everything's been handed to her on a silver platter because of her last name and her lineage. Well, not just him, but a lot of people. Think well, here's the thing. Her. I look at it like this. Okay, yeah. Is it is it because of her name that she got a little bit more? Maybe. But with that also comes the point. Let's let's take a look at another person who carries a lineage. Uh, Tessa Blanchard. Let's also look back at the FCW, the Florida Championship Wrestling documentary. And let's talk about Ricky Steamboat's son who had had a lineage and was supposed to be great, but didn't get Hell, let's, hell I'll go back even further. Eric Watts. Yes. So these these were people who had names, uh, you know, they had the name of uh, somebody, their father or whatnot, who was a great Hell, Randy talent. Orton. Yeah, <laughs> great talent in the business, but... Well, Randy Orton succeeded. He 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 moved forward. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, and I talking, get what you're I'm talking in the sense of you have the name, yeah, it gets your foot in the door. But what you do with that foot in the door is on you. Ricky Steamboat's yeah. son, he's not in the wrestling business anymore. Mm-hmm. No, Tessa Blanchard had her opportunity in WWE. They didn't want her because. She had a bad attitude, and we found out later on that that, in fact, is somewhat of a truth, that she did have an attitude, and and technically kind of still does to a degree, but who doesn't in the wrestling business? I was uh, about to say. I was about to say, you, you look at all these younger talents, these, these talents who are following in the footsteps of, you know, their great uh, father or mother or whatnot, even going so back and looking at Rocky, The Rock, came in. Rocky Maivia. We're going to combine Rocky Johnson and High Chief Peter Maivia. And we're going to, you know, follow that lineage and hand you out on a silver platter. And you're going to be this great baby face. Fans ate him up and spit him back out. Right. And that could have been the end of his career. But he was able to take it and, and excel with it. And that's the same thing with and trailblaze his own path. And that's the same thing that Charlotte has done. She respects the lineage of her name, but she doesn't use it as a means to get what she wants and get where she wants to be. She took it. And people act like she has any say-so in that. Right. She has no say-so whatsoever. No. And she started as uh, Fleer. She actually was using the name Fleer. When she started in the business, she's actually um, not taking the name Flair. She didn't want to be, you know, recognized by that means. 
Um, and she was doing it to carry on the legacy, not of her father, but of her brother. So, to me, Charlotte trailblazed her own path in WWE and has left a mark that cannot be touched. Because even though she has the name Flair, and they can say, you know, she was the daughter of the great Ric Flair, yada, yada, yada. You can't argue the fact that her success is her own. And this matchup is just part of that legacy that she's going to leave behind. It's like, I, yeah, you basically said uh, what I've always said as well. I mean, like, yeah, okay. You know, in, in a weird analogy type of way, but it's kind of like, you know, Slipknot, okay? <laughs> but Slipknot, right? They wear a mask, you know, and people say, oh, well, that's a cheap way of, 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 of getting over and, 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 you know, getting radio play or, or whatnot. Yeah, it is. Maybe, you know, I, I, I shouldn't say, yeah, it is. I, I mean, I mean, that may be true or it may not be true. I don't know, you know, but I know that there are also tons of other bands that wear masks and they didn't get near the recognition that Slipknot got, you know, and it's because you not only have to have the gimmick behind you, you have to have the talent. And to me, you know, Charlotte is kind of like that, you know? Yeah. Okay. You could say, you know, her last name got her where she is and everything like that, but she still has to go out and deliver. She still has to be able to go out and put on a matchup for her to even be considered in that vein. And she does that. She goes out and has amazing matches. She's had amazing, hell, she had amazing match with Ronda Rousey. You know, kind of thing. Uh, she she's had, she had amazing matches with Sasha Banks, Becky, Bailey, just anybody. You know, she, she in fact go and find me a bad Charlotte match. Try go and find me it because you can't find it. No, you, you know? can't. She is just like her dad in that instance, where it's it is hard to find a bad match. All right, so I mean, that's just where I disagree with people. Uh, on her and everything, and I know the Slipknot uh, analogy was weird, but that's but that's basically what it's like, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, you can have the name behind you, but you still have to go out there and deliver uh, and stuff like that. And she does. And did I give her shit though when she was added to the main event of WrestleMania when it should have been Becky and Ronda? Yes, I did. I did not agree with that, but. Other than that, the times that she has been in the ring, she has delivered. All right? She has delivered uh, and everything like that. And that's what you have to do. And um, speaking of delivering, the next matchup that I am going to talk about uh, of night two of WrestleMania is was probably one of my most anticipated moments and matches of the whole card which was the last man standing match between Randy Orton and the returning Edge. Uh, yeah. Cannot wait to talk about this one, uh, Chris, because uh, 
this matchup, like I said, I was looking forward to this matchup uh, when it was announced and everything. And, of course, the emotional return of Edge at the Royal Rumble. Um, just, you know, made for the... And, dude, the story to this, the build-up to it, I was like, that's, uh, that is a pay-per-view-type storyline. That okay. is... That is what you need in a storyline. This one was done. I, I don't think there's any way to not do this one uh, incorrectly. Well, I mean, and, and dude, like, I think, you know, with this one, they proved why they are two of the best wrestlers of the past decade. Why they should be considered in the same vein of, you know, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, you know, all, all those guys, you know, like, like they deserve to be in that, in that discussion. And I know there are some people that give Randy Orton shit, which I don't know how you can do that because the man is clearly amazing in the ring. Oh, yeah. He's an amazing character. He he's an amazing. He, he he's just awesome. Randy Orton is amazing. Yeah, there's 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 no way you can sit there and say that Randy Orton doesn't know what he's doing, and that he sucks in the ring. Uh, Randy Orton, for the longest time now, has been one of the few that I could say every time he comes back, there's something different about him, and and, and every time he hops in the ring. It's it's not that you hate Randy Orton, but you, you want to see him get his ass kicked for some reason. But you also want to see him hit the RKO for some fucked up reason. Yeah, I, I, mean, it, I mean, dude, he, he's a badass. Like, he legit he, is a badass. He really is. And, uh, you know, it's it's amazing to me that his longevity in the business has lasted this long. Yeah. But, um. I mean, I'm not surprised by it. Well, yeah, and 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 mean, uh, me neither. And then, of course, the returning Edge, which I'm sure when they were putting WrestleMania together, and they were looking at everyone that you know, they were probably like, okay, well, Edge probably would trust Orton over anyone, you know, to help him through a match right now, and not that, and not that he needs help. But to make sure that he's safe, to make sure that everything is truly okay kind of thing. Before you put him in the ring with someone like Rollins or, or Owens or, or someone like that. Not, not that any of them are dangerous or anything, but you probably feel more secure with someone like that. Would you not like returning from an injury like this? Oh, no. no I agree. He needed somebody that he, could, that he knew how to work with, that he knew would protect him, and that somebody uh, was... Yeah, obviously Randy Orton. Yes, and it was great. They they did a great job with this matchup. Yes, I I, I was gonna say uh, this matchup was awesome. I know everyone would you know their biggest complaint out of anything is how long the match was. I mean, it was damn near like what it was almost thirty minutes or so. Um, but I did not care. It was to a me, great. To me, with with it being in the performance center and stuff like that, to me it looked like the WWE video game at times. Like it yeah. looked like a legit video game come to life. It's like what 2K20 should have been. Yeah, like 
like like you know the way that they brawl in the backstage areas on, on the video mm-hmm. games and stuff like that like that's how it looked when they were you know brawling throughout the uh throughout the performance center and then they ended up you know with the trucks uh and everything like that but i loved how they used the whole entire uh building I know people were saying that, oh, this is too damn long. I did not care. I, I loved uh, every minute of it. I, I really did. I could not say enough good things about this matchup. Um, I loved every minute of it. Um, I will say that there was one thing that really bothered me that the internet brought up. And I don't blame WWE or anything like this, but... There was a there was a spot in there uh, in the weight section where I think Randy Orton was choking Edge or something like that. Yeah, a lot of people were saying that uh, because of the recent Dark Side of the Ring uh, episode with Chris Benoit that had literally the entire world talking, um, that you know they said they said the way Benoit died, which he used. Uh, uh, two weights uh, on on um, on a rope or something like that to choke himself with, basically. And they were kind of uh, saying that that was uh, that that they were reenacting that in this last man standing matchup. And I just went, really, like a lot like, of people took to arms with this, and yeah. I. I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, okay. Here's why I hate it when people do that bullshit. Because that would mean people, all right? Like, 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 does anyone actually think about this, okay? That would mean that when these guys were laying this match out, that someone, you know, just someone, I, I don't know who, but just someone was sitting there and like, hey, we should reenact the Chris Benoit death. That's literally what they're saying when you have spots like that. And I just don't think that. Yeah, no, that's not, that's not no way, shape or form how that even came to be. Like, it's like, like, it's like, you know, when we were talking about the Boneyard match earlier and, and we brought up the, you know, whole Matt Hardy final deletion thing. And again, I get why people would say that. But but then you have to think that, OK, so that means that when they sat there and did this matchup, that that was their only thought, that that was basically Yes, we're going to do this matchup, and it's going to make fun of Matt Hardy, or we're going to do it better than Matt Hardy, or something like that. And I'm, I'm sorry, I don't think people sit, sit there and think that when they think of an idea. I just don't. No, and and I for don't. someone, and for someone to suggest something as cruel as 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 that. Come on, man. You know, that that's just crossing the line with your opinions kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I agree. It, it was something that no other time would have been looked at that way. No exactly. one thought twice about it. But exactly. The dark side of the ring, that, that just brought it to everybody's attention. Yeah, well, again, I think people just, they try to poke holes in things that just aren't there. 
you know, something, I mean, got like, I literally just think that it was a spot because they saw that they were just like, okay, what can we use in here? Oh, there, we can use that, you know, like, I just, uh, I, I'm sorry, I, just, I, I can't get behind that. Uh, but needless to say, the matchup was amazing. The emotion that was shown in this, and you could tell that Edge never lost a damn step in his life, did he? No, he still got it, regardless of uh, how long he's been out of the ring. And yeah. Just like everybody else, myself, I, I cried a bit. <laughs> I did too, especially when you saw the end of this matchup and you even see the tears in his eyes. Yeah, that just, it, it brings out the wrestling fan in you. But it, it, if you've been in the business, you know what this is like. So you feel for the man. You 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 know what he had to go through to get back to where he's at now. Well, yeah, you know what he had to go through. And it also breaks your heart, too, that he couldn't have that returning WrestleMania pop. Because you know the pop would have been massive. Oh, no doubt. Like, 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 like it would have been, you know, Hardy Boys type pop when they returned at WrestleMania, you know, type of thing. Even though people knew that he was going to be there, he still would have gotten that reaction because it would have been, oh, finally, here he comes. He's going to wrestle a full-length match, uh, and he's going to do it against Randy Orton, you know, kind of thing. Like, um, But uh, we got what we got. And again, what we got was awesome, I thought. So I'm not... I'm not going to discourage it whatsoever. I thought it was great. They're two of the best uh, in this business, and they showed it. Um, and I can't wait to see where Edge goes from here. You know, like, how many matches is he is he going to have? You know, what, what all is he going to do uh, and stuff? So I, I can't wait to see him again um, and everything like that. Definitely one of the best ever. And luckily, he's going to get a chance to, you know, continue to do it. Um, so yeah, uh, great matchup there. Uh, and then another matchup that I'm going to talk about is a tag team matchup that was originally, wasn't really, uh, scheduled for WrestleMania, but it ended up, uh, working out this way. The street profits took on angel Garza and Austin theory. And I want to talk about this matchup because, uh, well, Austin theory being in the matchup and, my God, Chris, imagine how surreal it was for me to sit there and see Austin Theory on WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I know for a fact that you were flipping up and down because you you got to see this guy when he was first starting his career in WWA 4. Yes, like, like he hadn't even started on the independents or anything. Uh, he literally came in. Um, and he, he, he might've been there for a few weeks or so before me, but I went up there for a week long training camp at, uh, WWA four. And I've said this before on here, but I saw Austin theory there, or I met Austin theory. Of course, you know, he was just Austin white, um, when I met him, but then, uh, he became Austin theory and, uh, yeah, he just, uh, when I saw him, it was so funny because uh, A.R. Fox, the trainer, 
uh, he was uh, he was giving him shit because he looked kind of like John Cena, like a young John Cena at the time or something like that. Uh, and and then you kind of see why he says that. Not not that he looks like John Cena, but the fact that you could see big star potential with Austin Theory. I mean, this guy, his athleticism is insane, and he's got the look, he's got the charisma. You know, if as if if he can get down those promos and everything like that, man, he's going, and he's only twenty two years old, which says a lot. Yes. So if he gets, you know, all of that down, man, he's going to be a star for years to come. Can we not agree on that? Uh, yeah, I can agree on that. That this guy, just from what I've seen, is going to be a mega star. He's going to be a mega star. Uh, for a long time coming, it may not be in WWE per se, but he's going to be big. Well, I mean, no, I, I I have a feeling it'll be in WWE as well. Well, I I agree on that. What I'm saying is, is that I just feel like, no matter where the guy goes, he's going to be big. He's going to be a star he, wherever he goes. Yes, yes, he's going to be he's going to be huge. Um, you know, that he's like I said, people, you, you need to watch out for Austin Theory. And, and if you want a good matchup to go and see uh, what Austin Theory is made of, go and watch him versus JD Drake from the Evolve show that's up on the WWE network currently. And uh, I had a conversation with JD Drake about Austin Theory, and he was just like, Oh man, that kid right there's he, he's amazing, he's gonna be a star. And he's just, and I'm like, yeah. And uh, how, and like, how, you know, cool is that, right? You, you go from NXT, right? And, and you just got there. And then all of a sudden you are just thrown into WrestleMania. That's just, that says a lot about your character. And it says a lot about their uh, faith in you as a talent. Even if it was on a matchup that wasn't necessarily one of the most looked forward to matches, uh, you know, you're still you're thrown on WrestleMania like that. It's kind of like, well, they might they might see something in you, you know, kind of thing. And uh, man, you know, people who could, you know, people can bitch and complain about creative or whatnot, blah, blah, blah. But when you're a talent in this business and they say, hey. This is what this is what we're gonna do with you, and, and and this is what you do or whatnot. Then you don't sit there and bitch and complain. You don't go to the internet and be like, "Oh, I hate the way I'm being used." You're like, "No, I'm okay." What time you want me there? Cool. Yeah, you go, you do the job, and you get it done. And that's exactly what Austin Theory did. You know, he he might have probably been like, "What? No, I shouldn't." be involved well first of all he probably didn't stand there and was just like no i shouldn't be involved in wrestlemania it's too soon for me no he took the opportunity that was given to him exactly and that's what you do exactly you don't want to face and tell it you don't want to do it you do it exactly and you know the people that always say well, when am I going to get my opportunity and everything? Well, when it is given to you, do something with it. Exactly. And it might not be the opportunity that you think it is, but any opportunity that you get to be in front of the camera, you take it. 
It's better than no opportunity at all. Exactly. Exactly. So good for him seeing him uh, on WrestleMania. And he's on Monday Night Raw now, too. So, I mean, that that's just insane uh, to me. Um, I knew he was going to be a, a big deal. I just I didn't know that he was going to be a big deal this quick. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what Austin Theory does uh, in the coming weeks in WWE. Uh, but then, of course, let's go to the matchup uh, that everyone was talking about, probably just as much as the Boneyard match, which was the Firefly Funhouse match between oh. John Cena. Or, I'm sorry, John Cena <laughs> versus the Fiend Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Um, but yes, it's the Firefly Funhouse matchup. And, Man, if crack um, cocaine ever had a wrestling match, this will be it. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a metaphor. That is not a joke. <laughs> that is for real. If COVID-19 causes upper respiratory infections, then the Firefly Funhouse match is a fever pitch dream. <laughs> literally that and then some oh my god I literally thought that I had taken too many pain medications <laughs> and was hallucinating half the stuff that I saw in this can you even call this a match it, it mm. didn't feel like a match it felt like I was watching a Christian <laughs> film <laughs> he snorted a line of coke and, and yeah. then went and found, I don't know, uh, <laughs> God, let me think of some crack whore in Hollywood's name. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, to me it was like, it, it, to me it was like a, like a bad acid trip, basically. Yeah. Like, it was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like if you went to Sector 7G in 2006. <laughs> <laughs> Really? <laughs> really? No, I'm just joking. Uh, but, n well, nothing like that, but okay. <laughs> uh, Actually, anyway. stuff like Sector 7G was cool. It was like, okay, let me let me go way back to some of the people who are listening to this podcast. It's like if you went to the Haven in 2004. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, oh, and my God. Get a hold of some stuff that you shouldn't have gotten a hold of. <laughs> <laughs> Would have experienced it in one of the alleyways. Sounds like you're talking about this from personal experience. Hey, shut up, okay? <laughs> don't, we don't talk about Fight Club, all right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! Yeah, um, it was. Uh, it was uh, definitely my reaction to it was the same as Titus O'Neil at the very end of this because, uh, well. I guess we we, we kind of went a little bit too far, but I, I'll go ahead and address it real quick. Uh, Gronk is the new twenty four seven champion. He pinned Mojo Riley or Raleigh or something like that, and um, Titus O'Neil had to take over the hosting duties. Then after that, and uh, Titus O'Neil <laughs> literally just looks at the camera with his hand hand on his head and his mouth like wide open. He's just like. Yeah, uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know what I just saw. 
like like literally it's like that and uh, i think that's how a lot of people felt um this had mixed reviews um from a lot of people uh i mean i don't know about you but i still very much enjoyed it it was it was a really good uh concept i guess is what you could call it um it was entertaining uh, a, a lot of moments it was very entertaining so needless to say it wasn't bad it wasn't it wasn't a terrible thing it was a good thing i did i will say this though i loved how the fiend appeared behind him after all of it like i was just like oh my god that's so awesome there he is like kind of thing and you know then bray wyatt did all that stuff um uh how about bray wyatt impersonating eric bischoff (laughs) Dude, when I saw that, okay, and I I was just, like, kind of shocked that they did it, but the fact that he hit that promo word for word, for the most part, and, and the flashbacks of seeing Eric on that is just, you know what I really, really, really want to do right now? And I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. And then to see Eric Bischoff's reaction online. <laughs> oh, I know. And, and he also said that on uh, 83 Weeks. Uh, and stuff like, like I loved his reaction on Facebook Live. He just, just goes, okay, that's interesting. I'm the only man in history to get fired by WWE, but still make it on WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... Fish off. Oh, my God. Um, but, you know, not just that part, but also the different phases of Cena throughout the years, right? Oh, Jesus. I, I like the fact that they, they started with the ruthless aggression. Right. And, and those damn orange tights that he had. That was <laughs> just like, I saw that and I'm like, are we really going to do this? Is it, are we really plugging that ruthless aggression show like this heavily right now? <laughs> I don't even it, think it was that. It, it, it was just for Cena's character. And then it flipped, and it went back to '80s wrestling. The Saturday yeah. Night Main Event uh, intro played, and I'm I'm liking that because I was ba- reason, I was about to say you were probably like a kid at that point. You were like, oh, Daniel E. Bain was sitting there looking at it, going, "Now that's wrestling entertainment right there." <laughs> All it's missing is some Gary Newman and everything would be perfect. <laughs> but, but uh, well, I'm sure he loved the production. So, <laughs> oh, God, the production value of that was amazing. I bet they did that on a Mac. <laughs> it was on an Apple II, probably, because it was back in the 80s, wasn't it? Yes, it was. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways. Um... But then... then you see Bray Wyatt, he's doing his impersonation of, like, Hogan, I guess. And No, he's... no, no. He, I think he was more saying, like, and it, it, you know, it's funny because, in a way, this was almost a shoot as well. I mean, as, as much, you know, as, as much as it was, you know, a cinematic thing as, as well, but it was also a shoot because... Isn't that what people have been saying about John Cena is that he's Hulk Hogan, basically? Yeah, and I like the fact that they brought back Big Blue, the blue steel cage for this, at least the panel of it. 
And and then you have Cena comes out and does the little promo and he's doing the the you know the weight bench the the dumbbells and he does it so much that he literally can't lift them anymore. And evil Vince puppet sits there and get get them over your elbows. <laughs> I'm like the fuck. Well, and then I, I also I also think it was also you know. It was trying to show that he has no power right, right. now. It, it, it's like a Marvel uh, hero trapped inside a villain's world. Yeah, he has no control over what's going on. Because then shortly after that, it flips back to Dr. Thugonomics. Word life. <laughs> and, and what was cool about that was the fist. Yeah. The SmackDown fist. I saw that. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I I marked out for a minute. And I'm like, there's a fist. But the greatest entrance set in the history of entrance sets, right? <laughs> yes. Well, uh, you know, next to, like, some pay-per-view sets like Halloween Havoc and stuff like that. But, <laughs> but then we get that we get that weird stick with John Cena and the Doctor of Thugonomics and the uh, these nuts pun line that he usually ended with. And, I mean, it was good, but then it flipped again, and when it flipped again, it flipped to the Eric Bischoff promo. <laughs> That's what caught me off guard. I'm sitting there looking at this, and Bray Wyatt is cutting the same promo that Eric Bischoff cut on not WCW Monday Nitro, but NWO Monday Nitro, where he introduced Hollywood Hulk Hogan and the NWO. And instead of it being Hogan, he introduces Cena. Right. And then you see Cena come out to this small WCW-ish style set. And what's weird about this... And, Which and this, I did mark out a little bit for that. Yeah, I, the whole world did. Um... But it was like, and again, we go back to this fever dream. Um, I see the original WCW letters, and they are the original WCW letters from the Nitro set. Right. I see the NWO stuff, but I see WWE's entranceway from live events. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, and then I see Cena in an NWO shirt with the big gold belt, and I'm like, because uh, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and and to me, again, it's because Bray is making you know light of the fact that Cena is Hulk Hogan. Yes, basically. Yes, that, 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 that's what the whole thing is. And and my favorite part was the Vince Devil Puppet. That's that sucks good shit. Yeah. <laughs> that I was couldn't great. believe that they allowed that. I was like, oh my god. Like, like y'all actually allowed the word shit? What's funny is, is Vince was probably in the back going, that is some good shit, isn't it? Yeah. What do you think, Bruce? What and you know why you? they had that line? Yeah. Of one Mr. John Moxley. Because when he was on Jericho's podcast, you know, he 
was uh, saying to the fact that there was an idea that he thought was completely stupid, and Vince was like, this is such good shit. And uh, that's where that came from, basically. So, I mean... Slap to the face (laughs) to John Moxley, basically. Yeah, it was... uh, it, 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 it was interesting, um, but, you know, we had that, and, you know, during this NWO-type segment, I guess, then Cena is able to, uh, I guess, at least try to attack him. So he finally tries to attack Bray, and the puppets are like, oh, no, he's not going to like this, and it turns out he's beating up the pig puppet, right? And yeah. And... And and he was just like, oh, what, what the hell's going on? And then, oh, and there was another one that we forgot about. You remember where he said, where we even saw not the uh, Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt, but Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah, where they went back to the match at uh, WrestleMania 30. WrestleMania, yeah, and he was able to right the wrongs, so to speak. And we got the the dimensions of Sister Abigail and all that, and that was actually a good moment as well. Um, a lot of great moments in this. Like I said, it was a fever pitch dream, uh, to say the least. Uh, the biggest part being the Bischoff and the NWO Cena. But all in all, I, I couldn't take my eyes away from the TV. No, I couldn't either. And then... Of course, he's beating up the pig and everything like that. And then he's like, oh, my God, what, what the hell's going on? And then he appears. Uh, the fiend shows up behind him and just decimates Cena. I yeah. mean, destroys him. And uh, I was very shocked by this because Cena did not lay one offensive move in, basically. Uh, and then the next thing we know, after it's all said and done, Cena vanishes. Yeah. And a lot of people have taken this as Cena's exit from WWE. And what better way to do it than to pass the torch to Bray? And it's been stated that Cena is a huge fan of Bray's work and, you yes. know, give him that push. And what better way to do it than to have him take out one of the top names in WWE and basically erase him. Yeah, um, and, and I mean, that can very well happen because here's the thing. Cena is Hollywood's golden boy right now. I mean, he's, be, he's going to surpass The Rock one day in Hollywood. Yeah, I can see that coming. I really, I really do. You know, The Rock is where he is right now, but I'm talking about you know Cena's younger than him. So, you know, there's gonna, it's gonna be interesting. um, That's for sure. Um, But yeah, I love the Firefly Funhouse thing, man. I've loved everything that they have done with Firefly Funhouse. Not just this matchup, but everything from the time that it appeared to just everything. And I know people were all up in arms about the Goldberg thing. Okay, whatever. It clearly didn't hurt him that bad. Didn't. No. So, and you know, just, you know that there were little kids watching this. Okay. 
I remember when The Undertaker, now this was not when he was a good guy, when he was a bad guy. Well, even too when he was a good guy, you know, at times it was hard for me to accept him as a child because he was very scary. So you know that when that fiend popped up behind Cena, that there weren't some kids or that there were probably a lot of kids who were watching this and got scared out of their minds. Oh, of course. Which I laugh at. I, <laughs> like, I do too. Like, I think that's the greatest thing. You know, like, it's just like, oh, okay, so now y'all see what I saw as a child, you know? <laughs> right. And uh, I loved it. Well, uh, what are your final thoughts on the Firefly Funhouse, uh, Chris? I, I like I said, couldn't take my eyes off of it, and um, every moment was just—it was either a flashback to a, a thing of the past that I remember vividly, like you know, the, like I said, the fist, um, the the NWO Nitro Eric Bischoff promo, which blew my mind that that was there. Um, even just, the Saturday night main event. Even the Saturday night's main event, which is a Daniel Main uh, exclusive number one hit. Uh, <laughs> all of that just brought out some of the greatest moments in WWE's history. And this just was a culmination of a lot of creativity and a lot of, uh, I guess you could call it a passion project, so to speak, because... So much went into it. And it came off, you know, flawless to me. Yeah, I really so enjoyed, I, it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it as I was watching it. Like, I, I remember when it ended, I was just like, oh, my God, that was amazing. Like, like that was the most incredible thing uh, I have seen. I loved it. Um, I loved both that and the Boneyard uh, match. And the thing is, is people tried to compare the two, and I'm like, stop doing that, because there There's was no, no comparison. comparison. They each stand on their own. Right. Both of them were shot different, too. Yep. Both of them were shot completely different. Yes, they were cinematic with both, but one was, like, one was different than the other, you know, type of thing. It just... You know, th there's really no comparison. But uh, you know who didn't like this matchup, Chris? Who? Your favorite guy in the wrestling business. James Caleb Kitchens? N no. But close. Chris Wiggins? No. Uh, I, what I meant by close is uh, the initials. J.C. JC. Yeah. That's a lot of people. That's Jeremy Cruz. Oh my God. Your, fa your favorite impersonation. Oh, Jim Cornette. <laughs> when you say in the business, I'm thinking locally. You got to be more broader than that. Oh, well, okay. You got to get uh a lot more better than that. You fucking suck right now. <laughs> Where's that damn match? Seriously, he did not like it. He he said he shitted all over it. That's his fault. He he said he said it made them look stupid. Now he loved the Boneyard match. He loved AJ Styles and the Undertaker. He did not like this matchup. 
And yeah. I was just like, I was like, really? He just said that everything that they did in it was made them look stupid. Um, and I was like, really? Uh, you, you just, yeah. He just didn't get it, basically. And uh, I, uh, one of the things that we forgot to mention uh, in the Firefly Funhouse, I loved when Cena was, you know, doing the Doctor of Thugonomics, and he it had his entrance, you know, theme playing, and it had the DJ scratch, and it showed Bray Wyatt doing the shimmy, basically. <laughs> That's funny. Like he was just, you know, like with his shoulders, it was great. Um, I loved it though. I, I loved every minute of it. But yeah, your boy JC Jim Cornette uh, did not like it. He he shit it all over it, man. It was, it was brutal. Um, but then of course we go to the main event of it all, which is Drew McIntyre versus the Beast Barack Lesnar. And um, this matchup pretty much happened as if there was a crowd there. And it doesn't matter if there's a crowd or not. We're just going to get the same type of Lesnar matchup every time, aren't we? Pretty much. (laughs) Um, But congratulations, finally. Drew McIntyre conquers the Beast. And conquers the ultimate and wins the WWE championship after being, uh, after starting in WWE and then after uh, being let go by WWE and coming back, getting injured. And now he is on the mountaintop. And, uh, you know, he's basically like classy Freddie Blassie right now. It couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Did we really go? Yeah, and I actually said classic Freddie Blassie, but I meant to say Gorgeous George. <laughs> or Buddy Rose or something like that. I don't know. Fuck off. Something like that. We'll just go with that. Yeah, something like that. But to a nicer guy, it couldn't have happened. But for real, uh, I, I was excited to see uh, Drew McIntyre finally uh, take the reins as WWE champion. Um, he is a guy that proved on the independent, not just the independence, but TNA as well, that uh, he is actually a force to be reckoned with and that uh, he can be world champion. He can be the guy. And Vince McMahon a long time ago in WWE, you know, even made a whole storyline out of that. Like, like, like you are my chosen one. I see, you know, the biggest potential in you. Look at it. You got the good looks. You got the body for it. You've got everything that uh, you need in a top guy. And, you know, unfortunately, when he said that to Drew McIntyre, and Drew McIntyre has even said this, uh, uh, you know, in interviews since then, that uh, he wasn't ready for it. He was not ready for the spotlight like that. Um, he was not ready to be the guy. He did not know how to be the guy. He was just a young, you know, dude. You know, he was a young, immature guy. And it took him leaving WWE to get that maturity and to get that experience under his belt. You, you know what I'm talking about, Chris? Yeah, it, it's the same thing with AJ Styles. 
it just needed to be developed and and get you know used to himself and his persona. Right. Minute. Right. And um, but now he has mastered it, and he is the man. Um, I hate the fact that you know he couldn't have gotten that huge pop that he would have gotten for winning the WWE title. Um, but nonetheless, you know, circumstances are what they are, and you know he's he's the champ now. You know, yes. he's the man. And uh, he will be for a long time coming, in, in my opinion. You know, he's one of those guys that he can go out and he can have a good matchup with anybody. And here's the thing. He's there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Consistently. Yes. Um, you know, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of seeing Brock Lesnar. I'm tired of seeing that whole Schmidt. And, uh, you know... Finally, you know, we put it on someone. And we put it on someone who, who beat Lesnar clean. You know, like, even Seth Rollins had to cheat to beat Lesnar. You know, type of thing. Like, uh, so, finally someone beat him clean. Right? Right. That uh, wasn't Goldberg. No. Know? Thank God. Um, but, yeah, finally we saw someone beat Lesnar clean. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I loved it. I mean, the matchup is what it was. That, that's the type of matchup you're going to get with Lesnar. But, you know, still, Drew McIntyre, the man now. Uh, and I can't wait to see what they do uh, with him and everything like that. I can't wait to see where we go from here. Um, so, two nights of WrestleMania, Chris. What are your overall thoughts of uh, WrestleMania this year with all of the circumstances behind it and everything like that? What were your thoughts? Well, considering what they had to work with and um, the situation surrounding uh, what what's going on in the world right now, I think they did a wonderful job. I, I really do. I think they did a tremendous job, the talent, the production crew, everybody. And it's one that's going to be remembered for years to come, most definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, the world thought that. It, it was one of the number one things trending uh, the, um, for that weekend. Um, yeah, dude, I, I, I thought that they really delivered uh, for what they, you know, for what everyone was asked to do, um, for the situation surrounding it and everything like that. Uh, I enjoyed it, and 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 like I said, and, and you know me, I've had my issues with WWE and and stuff like that, but I think that we all needed this as wrestling fans to right. you know, I, I, you know to, because we we all enjoy as wrestling fans, we can go and we can watch you know matches on our own, you know matches from the past and whatnot, but we all love live wrestling. There's nothing like it, even if it's pre-taped or whatnot. We haven't seen it, you know, type of thing. So we love to see that. And so, you know, the fact that we got two nights of WrestleMania, this big, huge night when nothing's going on and everything like that. Um, I, I enjoyed it, man. And, and I applaud them for it. Yes, you can say Vince is greedy or whatnot. And I'm sure there is. And, you know, and. 
look, we could get into that on another episode or something like that. But for but you know for everything going on right now, I'm glad that we had it. Yes, it, it was it was something to take our minds off of what was going on around us. Yeah, it was definitely welcomed and needed. Yeah, and again, you know, it, you can say what you want to about Vince McMahon or whatnot. But uh, and, and and again, you can say, well, they shouldn't have done it. They shouldn't. Or they should have done it or anything. I'm just glad that they did because uh, it it truly did help uh, with the situation in my in my opinion. And uh, overall, I thought it delivered. Now, could it have been better with the crowd and everything like that postponed or whatnot? Yeah, it probably could have. But guess what? It's not what they chose to do. So, but WrestleMania. The special two-part edition of WrestleMania uh, is in the books and everything. And now, you know, now we see where we go from here. And uh, where we go from here, ladies and gentlemen, is we'll be right back just to talk about some of the uh, wrestling news that has happened since WrestleMania, uh, not just in WWE, but also around the entire wrestling world. And we're going to talk about that right after these words from TMB Studios. You're listening to the Stovall Wrestling Network Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to TMB Studios. I am Christian Fury, a.k.a. Jay Garganis, and I am a host of the brand new series, WLW. We love wrestling with my co-host, Survivor Pain, Bill Blanchard, as heard on The Shootout. We're going to get things fired up here real soon, so stay tuned. Be ready, because we love wrestling. Be sure to check out all the other great podcasts as well as past episodes of this podcast right here exclusively on TMB Studios. Well, welcome back to the Stovall Wrestling Network podcast right here on TMB Studios and wherever and wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Radio, iHeartRadio, and so on and so forth. And uh, we just talked about the... T- the two special nights of WrestleMania. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk. You know, quickly and wrap things up here uh, with some wrestling news that has happened since WrestleMania. Uh, some some things have happened uh, with WWE. One of the biggest things that was talked about was uh, just this past uh, Monday or Tuesday, I believe. I can't remember exactly, but um, the XFL is closing its doors again or suspending operations or yes or what have you um chris this was a bit of a shocker yeah this came out of left field uh i found this out while i was at work and um you know it was a message from a buddy of mine it's like well covid19 just killed the xfl and Yeah, um, that seems to be what has happened because uh, it's interesting because before all of this, the XFL was kind of on a roll. It was doing great. It was uh, actually being praised because it was, you know, legit football for change. And it actually did provide some changes and, uh, you know, some relatively good ones. It was entertaining to watch. But 
You know, there's no games going on. All sports have canceled themselves out. And what do you do with that? Well, you're not going to sink more money into it. You're losing money. You're losing on your investment right now. So cut your losses and call it. And that's what's exactly has happened. Well, I... And, and, and yes, and, um, and I, I also think uh, one of the major factors um, was the fact that several XFL players actually got picked up by NFL teams once the season officially announced that it was over due to the COVID-19 situation. And one of those players that got picked up was P.J. Walker, from uh, the Texas Roughnecks, or I'm sorry, not the Texas, but the Houston uh, Roughnecks. And uh, that was probably a major blow to the XFL because he was literally their main star. Um, he He was incredible to watch on the football field and everything like that. And people saw like, oh, wow, this guy's really good. And immediately when the season was over, I'm talking like immediately when the season was over, um, the Carolina Panthers went and picked up P.J. Walker, and he is now part of the Carolina Panthers. Wow. So, oh, that would, that's got to be another reason, is that they were losing a lot of people, and they were like, there's no way we can launch – the next season without P.J. Walker. There's no way. Yeah, it, it, it would never have uh, made it. it. It was just like <clears throat> a, a, the equivalent of losing He Hate Me back in the original XFL. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it sucks because uh, I really enjoyed the XFL this time around. Um, I, I liked a lot of the rule changes. I liked how faster the game was um and i I just i liked a lot of the nuances that that they brought in i also loved getting uh down on the sidelines hearing the play calls and stuff like that as in real time um so i i enjoyed it this time around but unfortunately um you know just at this time no one's making any money um, no one's even looking to play sports right now because of all of this. Um, yeah, it, it just, I, I guess they were in a tough situation. I guess because they weren't able to finish out the season, that that's why uh, they have to close it. Because they're just like, well, we're not going to make any money. And, you know, we can't make money right now. So uh, it sucks. Uh, will we ever see it again? I don't know. You know, maybe it might open back up um, or something like that. But probably not at this point because, um, you know, uh, I, I believe Vince McMahon wasn't very truthful when he said WWE had no stakes in the XFL, right? Yeah, uh, there, there had to be something. Because I've been seeing a lot of reports since then that Vince McMahon and WWE did have some stakes in the uh, XFL uh, this time around, as they did the first time. So, um, I I don't know. what You know, it, it, it sucks, but it is what it is, you know. And, uh, hey, uh, that's, that's just the world we live in right now. And, 
or, uh, go ahead. I was saying, unfortunately, it is the world that we live in right now. Yeah, um, it, it sucks. And, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future right now, we're going to be getting a lot more empty arena shows, you know, for that matter. Uh, Raw is is uh, constantly taking place in an empty arena show. Uh, SmackDown is, NXT is, and so is AEW Dynamite. And uh, Impact Wrestling, uh, you know, they've been doing tapes. We mentioned them at the top of the show. Um, they've been doing tapes, you know, from... Uh, a lot of their other shows recently, you know, because their their stuff gets taped months in advance. So they've got, you know, a good bit of content still flowing, but even they have now said that they will be doing um, Impact from an undisclosed location and stuff like that, and there will be no fans in in attendance and stuff like that. So uh, Impact is having to get into that, you know? Um, It's just, it's a weird time. But the NWA and ROH and New Japan Pro Wrestling, they're completely shut down right now. I oh, mean, they're not doing anything. And it's crazy. But, I mean, AEW and Impact Wrestling and WWE, they're continuing to bring the entertainment, which is great for us. Yeah. They found a way around everything. Yeah, and uh, hats off to, again, all of the talent willing to do it and willing uh, to, you know, literally sacrifice yourself for entertainment, basically, at this point, right? (laughs) Basically. Um, So, yeah, hats off to them. But one thing that a lot of the talent in WWE might be pissed about is uh, the new rule that uh, was implemented um, because... WrestleMania, as we know, was not live. It was taped already and, um, and and so on because of the rules that they have going on in Tampa and in the world right now about the shelters in place or, or um, I wouldn't necessarily say curfews right now, but some people have them, I guess. Uh, but here is the thing, right? WWE went and taped a bunch of Raws and a bunch of SmackDowns uh, and I believe even some NXTs um, and and they went and they taped those so that they would have enough content for at least, you know, two months or so. And now, apparently, Vince McMahon is changing his mind on this and now they're going back to live shows during this. And this is, you know, got a lot of people wondering why. And one of the biggest things that I have heard, Chris, is uh, the fact that it is in their contract with Fox and USA Network uh, that they have to produce a certain amount of live shows in order to fulfill their contract, basically. I've heard the same thing. And I don't know if there's any truth to that or not, to be quite honest. Yeah, and, and well, here's my thing. If it does, why would Fox and USA Network be so cruel to them to be like, no, you know what? You promised us a bunch of live episodes. We're not going to accept it if it's taped. I'm like, why? What's the difference? I mean, I get that one is live and everything like that, but we're... 
we're in very challenging times right now. <laughs> exactly. Like, I would think that they would understand or would have to understand in this, in this instance. You know, like, it's just, I just, dude, for some reason, uh, nothing can stop Vince McMahon from doing live television, can they? No, that's his passion thing. He loves television when it's live. So yeah, I guess it's him. Well, he does, but, I mean, dude, like, sometimes, you know, you got to pump the brakes and realize, hey, man, this is a situation that none of us have, have been in before, and you're asking a lot out of the talent, you know? You're asking them, you're asking them to ignore the strict social distancing stuff. Yeah. Because in wrestling, you know, there's no way that you can't touch each other, basically. <laughs> yeah, you got to. You got no choice in the matter. And and here's my thing, too. Like, it's like uh, in wrestling, you can get cut very easily. Like, I mean, you can have your nose broken, a t you know, a tooth chipped or, you know, cut yourself on the ring post. And you don't even know it, you know? Like yep. I've, I, I had a matchup uh, with uh, with uh, CJ or, or with um, Justin Chambers, rather, uh, the 30 minute Ironman match. And I remember like I hit the ring post. Right. And literally I looked down and I'm like, huh, I'm bleeding. Like, I mean, I didn't even know it. So like it's just like so you're going to risk that with all of this virus stuff. Does that just not seem like just too unsanitary there? Yeah, I I agree. Just a little too um, out there for my benefit. Should have just called it off and kept with the tape shows. Would have made yeah, a just, lot of sense. Yeah, just kept with the tape shows and then, you know, run the live event when you needed to do more or something like that. I don't know. It's just... Uh, I, I don't know what to think about that, but hey, uh, I guess they're going to do it live now, you know, and here's the thing too. If you were worried about spoilers or anything, I'm like, there's no crowds. No one can spoil a damn thing. We don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, like it's it just, uh. Weird, weird time uh, and everything like that. But we'll see what WWE, uh, you know, is if, if they're really going to go through with that or if they're going to, uh, you know, try and stick with some of the tapes or something like that. But we'll see in the coming uh, months and everything like that. Of course, Dynamite, they did already tape um, a lot of shows. And here's the thing, right? Dynamite actually got the cops uh called on them or I, I don't know called on them but the cops came to where they were filming and <laughs> do what it was in georgia yeah yeah it was in georgia and um i think isn't it the old anarchy uh set up uh, i'm not really sure it's it's in one of the gyms uh up there and oh. yeah it's in one of the gyms uh up there where, um, you know, Cody and them live at. Right. And the cops showed up. They showed all the proper paperwork and everything. They says, hey, 
to, to their credit, they went and got all the documentation that they needed, all the proper paperwork and everything to actually film and do what they needed to do. The cops stayed through the entire production to make sure everything was followed to the T. Yeah. They filmed months of uh, content, they said. Yeah, yeah, they did. So uh, it's it, it's going to be interesting, um, just just the way everything is, is working out. And you wonder, you know, eventually if, you know, the NWA or ROH or New Japan might try some of this, you know. Uh, they, like, you know, I'm surprised ROH uh, has not tried uh, something with empty arena matches, you know, um, or... Uh, NWA even, you know, NWA still has the GP, uh, uh, the GPB studios, uh, in Atlanta. So, um, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's just, it's a very interesting time, uh, for pro wrestling and, and everything like that. Um, it's, it's a very interesting time. Uh, well, not just for pro wrestling, but the world in general, you know, everything is shut down uh and and everything like that so it's just it's going to be interesting to see how long this lasts and here's something else you know i've been talking to uh with people about this and i want to get your thoughts on it chris um you know when all of this is done i don't know if you know necessarily you should go to a big arena and try to pack it out right now because I, I don't know if that many people are going to come out right away. No, I would I would slow my roll a bit, and I would go back to, say, the smaller venues to start with, just to see, you know, how things uh, pan out. And if you could pack that out and still have people wanting to come in and, and witness the show or whatnot, then go for it. But other than that, take time. Take your sweet time. Well, you know, like I said, we'll have to see because, you know, um, I, I, I've been talking with uh, with a bunch of people and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I've, we all kind of agree that, like, people think that when, you know, they open everything back up that everyone's going to, you know, be like, oh, yes, we could go out. So everyone's going to go out. And it's kind of like, no, everyone's actually going to be cautious now. Like, everyone's not going to really want to get that close to people or something like that. I I don't know. We we just, we don't know what is going to happen uh, and everything like that. Uh, But I will say this, though. If you are looking for stuff to watch uh, and everything like that, obviously I encourage you to go watch WrestleMania Part 1 and Part 2. Also check out a a lot of the stuff that the WWE Network has got on there right now. They've got Raw's Greatest Matches. They've got like a a little section there just called Raw's Greatest Matches, and it has a bunch of matches from uh, the classic HBK and Shelton Benjamin matchup. Oh, my God, was that not amazing? Um, Ric Flair versus Edge in the TLC matchup. You've got, you know, the matches with uh, Charlotte and Sasha on there. John John Morrison versus The Miz. Uh, Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon, Cactus Jack versus Triple H in the uh, in, in a street fight. 
Uh, a lot of good stuff uh, here from Raw's greatest matches. So there's something to watch. Also support, uh, you know, all of the other wrestling out there. Uh, go and watch Impact Plus. You can watch old TNA. Um, they've got they've got a lot of good stuff. And of course, you can also check out the new Dark Side of the Ring season. Uh, they're on season two of Dark Side of the Ring, and uh, they've already done Dark. Or I'm sorry, season one of Dark Side of the Ring, which has uh, six episodes, and those six episodes are great. And then, of course, uh, they've got season two, and, and there'll be a lot more on season two. And they've already hit home with a lot of episodes recently. Of course, they just had the ever controversial Chris Benoit episode where they really dive deep uh, into, you know, how Benoit was affected by Eddie Guerrero's death, um, what the, you know, ramifications were of Benoit doing what he did, not not just for his uh, legacy and his reputation, but for the sanity of the people that were her, uh, that was his best friends and were her best friends uh, as well. A lot of, a lot of stuff that you thought you would never hear uh, but that was great to hear. And then, of course, you've had the New Jack episode, the Brawl for All episode. You've had episodes with Carrie Von Eric or the Von Eric story, um, the uh, Macho Man and Elizabeth. And if you want to hear more in depth about Dark Side of the Ring, uh, listen to myself. And James Caleb Kitchens, uh, we have a brand new series on Facebook and YouTube. It is uh, it's uh, called an evolved review of uh, Dark Side of the Ring, and where we review uh, each and every episode uh, one at a time. So uh, that's a brand new show that I have uh, that is out. And uh, where I go more into Dark Side of the Ring. But Chris, you've seen Dark Side of the Ring uh, a few times. What have you thought so far? Well, and, and you know, Jim Cornette, he put this best uh, in the, the latest episode. This does <laughs> in a, a, a good picture of the wrestling business in any aspect. <laughs> uh, it actually... You know, it allows you to sit and look back and, you know, the stories behind some of the biggest things that's happened in professional wrestling uh, came out of this. And, you know, to see the story about the Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth, to see the story about, um, you know, Bruiser Brody, uh, mm -hmm. Benoit one, and the new Jack one, which kind of hit a little closer to home because I almost booked new Jack. <laughs> oh God. So glad I didn't. Um, he or, so uh, would have stabbed you and the, he did not only stabbed you, but James, he stabbed you in the ass. Well, James Houston was the one that would have been facing him. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Well then he would have just shot him, yeah. <laughs> but you know, to, to see the stories, especially like, the Benoit one, you know, brought a lot of memories back. But yeah. the New Jack one blew my mind. Especially um, with the Vic Grimes. Oh, my God. The Vic Grimes incident. That was the one that kind of threw me off. Because I, I, I never knew how big of the extent of injury Vic Grimes caused him that day at the, at the arena. 
Well, and, but it wasn't even his fault, to be honest. I mean, you fall like that, and then he just fell to cushion his landing. And then, you know, unfortunately, he hit New Jack. And That's then just, a couple years later, he ends up uh, enacting revenge on the guy. Oh, my God. And then, like, literally looked at him and was like, now even, mother... I was like, yeah. so, what? It's it's a little different. It's a little strange, but, you know, it's wrestling. It's a little we, criminal. <laughs> borderline. But, um, it's wrestling. And the fact that, you know, we've lived through, you know, certain things like that as well. We know what the business is all about. We've been there, done that. So this right. is... Well, I, I think I think the thing that I like the most, and I and I've said I said this on uh, the very first episode of an Evolve review, so I'm not going to go too much into it. Um, but the thing that I really like about Dark Side of the Ring is it has both the outsider's perspective of wrestling, you know, where it has the dark and tragedy stories, but then it also has that respect to wrestling. As right. well, right? Like, because whenever you see these types of documentaries on wrestling that's done from an outsider's perspective, it's always done like, oh, wrestling is the most horrible thing ever. Like, don't go into wrestling because this is what's going to happen to you. You know, all of that kind of stuff. And it's just like, come on, man. You know, like some people have that story. Not everyone has those kinds of stories. Some people actually are very successful in wrestling. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's whatever you can do. It's whatever you make it kind of thing. And I'm glad that Dark Side of the Ring does that. Uh, and they get everyone necessary that they need for these interviews, which is uh, something that a lot of people do not do. But they get the essential people um, for this series. So I, I really enjoy it. And uh, I enjoy talking about it with uh, James Kitchens on an Evolved Review. Uh, join us on Facebook Live and uh, YouTube uh, for that. And go and check out the page. And become a subscriber and leave us a comment and everything like that on the show. But... That is all that we have for you here on the Stovall Wrestling Network, you know, talking about wrestling and everything. And Chris, I don't know about you, man, but it always feels good to talk about wrestling, especially in these trying times. Oh, yeah. Just just to be able to discuss what's going on in the ring or, or even things that have happened in the ring previously. It, it's a release. It's a relief. It feels good. Yeah, it really does. And uh, I hope we've made you feel good uh, here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. Hope we brought a little bit of light to your day. Uh, and, and like I said, in all of these times and, and stuff like that, hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe. Uh, and remember, guys, you know, we will all get through this. It, this, is, this, is a, this is a thing that will pass, and we will get through this. And life uh, will return to uh, normal eventually and we will get through it and we will all be together again. Uh, but for now, you know, th that is the way that it is. And uh, again, 
I'm glad that we've got the Snowball Wrestling Network here on uh, TNB Studios, Chris, uh, to help us through that. I agree wholeheartedly, and and uh, it'll be here for many, many more moons to come. You can guarantee that. Yes, um, but for but for this episode, that is all for now. Uh, he is Chris Dickens. I am the one and only Caleb Stovall. And I will see you later on the Stovall Wrestling Network. Happy wrestling, everyone.